Welcome to the Carolyn Shuttlesworth Podcast, where we'll dive deep into the Word of God, build strong faith, and finish the devil. Here's your host, author, speaker, and nonstop mom, Carolyn Shuttlesworth. So, getting into today, um, I titled this Greatly Annoyed because, you know, I, I was reading a story the other day in the Gospels, uh, well, in the Gospels and in Acts, uh, I was in Mark, and I started just like seeing this connection of a reaction that Jesus had when he was greatly annoyed. Um, I'm going to touch on another person or two, really, Paul and Silas, and um, I have another one if we have time for it, but I definitely want to get across the ones where Jesus was greatly annoyed and... um, Paul and Silas, because as a Christian, you know, we're always, we're always like ingrained in our mind, you know, walk in love, walk in love, walk in love. And and yes, we walk in love. Yes, we're not supposed to walk around angry. Yes, we're supposed to operate by the fruit of the spirit and patience. But we have to not take those things where it becomes where we are okay with with certain things that that come our way you know we can take the i'm supposed to walk in love i'm supposed to walk in patience and then we ended up we end up taking things on the chin we end up taking things uh you know that the enemy has for us in life and certain aspects of life a different way because we're we're getting that mindset i'm supposed to be patient about it I'm supposed to walk in love. I have self-control. I, you know, well, we have to realize that there is such thing as a righteous anger. There is such thing as getting greatly annoyed at things that aren't supposed to be in our life that we're not supposed to take because there is a standard of life that a Christian is supposed to live. There is a standard. There is a look that Christians are supposed to have. So there is a standard. We have to set ourselves up to a standard. And what's the standard? The standard is the word of God. It shows us that uh, how we're supposed to live. It shows us what we're supposed to look like if we're a believer. It shows us what we're supposed to do if we're a believer. It shows us, you know, how we are to um, operate as a believer. And so, you know, I, I like this title, Greatly Annoyed, because I do get greatly annoyed at things. And you do have to learn to to differentiate. You, you do have to learn to, to cut that down the middle and be like, you know, I'm not annoyed at the person. I'm annoyed at the sin that's taking over their life and destroying it. So that's where that's where the balance comes in is Christians will attack other people because they're upset at what they're doing. So they go after the person. But we, we don't want to go after the person because that's never going to win them over. That's never going to win them the Christ. That's never going to be a good witness. We need to be greatly annoyed at what's, what's happening at the situation. Greatly annoyed at the enemy. Greatly annoyed at, uh, you know, if they're living below the standard that God has for them. And, and that's, you know, everyone right now watching, think, think about something that annoys you, you know, something that annoys me on the interstate. If you're in the left lane, you're supposed to be going faster than everybody else. And so don't get in the left lane and make me take off my cruise control. Okay, just being real with you guys. <laughs> don't make me take me off my cruise control and slow down. You're supposed to move over. You're supposed to stay in the far right lane if you want to be the slowest. 
middle is okay, and left is fastest. And I hope all y'all drivers know the rules of the road, and that is a legit rule of the road. And so, you know, that kind of stuff in the natural, it annoys me. You might want to like be talking to people through the windows or honking and like move over. <laughs> so everybody has things in the natural that annoys them. You know, right now you guys are literally thinking them. If you feel like writing them in the comment to get it out, go ahead. But see, Bethany said, "Girl, preach," because it, it's true. There's things in the natural that annoy us, but then we do something about it, right? What is an action step that we do? You know, we're like hollering at the person, or we're doing our flashers, or we're honking, or you know, what? Sometimes you know, you zoom up past them and then you zoom in front of them. So there's always like an uh reaction to what you're annoyed at. What's your reaction when you're annoyed at something? You know, you've got a busy day and you feel pressured and you've got your kids crying or screaming and you're annoyed about it. And so then there's a reaction to it. What's your reaction? You end up, Jenna says, I'm a honker. And so, <laughs> you know what their reaction is to people that live in Florida that do this? Not, not my reaction, but you do, you know, I always, people who, who visit us, and aren't familiar with driving down here, and they're from up north or something like that, I'm like, you know what? You're pretty much, during your visit, gonna get flipped off at least one time on your visit, and without fail, they always do, and they're like, what? I'm like, yeah, that's just a reaction down here for Florida. They like to flip people off. And so there's a reaction for being greatly annoyed. Um, and so, you know, your kids are screaming, da-da, you've had a busy day, you're trying to concentrate, and you always have a reaction. So. I'm going to show you a couple places um, that I was reading in the Bible in Mark 11, I'm going to start with actually two places and they're almost back to back. And it goes to show you when Jesus was annoyed, when he was annoyed, okay, Jesus felt that because if he didn't see something, he, if he saw something he didn't like, there was an action step. There was a reaction to what he felt. And so that's what I'm going to get instilled in you today that, um, you know, one of my favorite people in the Bible is David and reading, you know, and you know, he had a, a heart after God. He, he, he reflect that God saw that it, he was a man after God's own heart. And because of it, he had great favor, you know, great favor, great favor against the enemies, great favor against the giant, great favor, you know, over Saul. <laughs> he, he ended up being king, great favor, and he gave the biggest offerings. And so we have to have that same heart after God and shift, you know, where our annoyance is. If we are uh, after God's own heart, then we're going to hate what he hates. We're going to get mad at what he gets mad at. We're going to be like, listen, you know, here, I, I put this verse down and it says Psalms 139. Uh, let's see. Is it? Yeah. 139, 19 uh, through 22 it says, oh, God, if you would destroy the wicked, get out of my life, you murderers. This is David, you know, singing in Psalm. Oh, Lord, shouldn't I hate those who hate you? Shouldn't I despise those who oppose you? Yes, I hate them with total hatred for your enemies are my enemies. And so we have to get that hate in our heart. You know, one thing I always tell my kids, I don't like them to go around to say that they hate stuff all the time. It's just something I've, I, you know, 
oh, I hate this outfit. I hate this video game. I hate this show. I don't like them to constantly say that because we aren't supposed to go around hating things and you get that kind of stuck in your vocabulary. But we are um, definitely supposed to hate our enemy. And so I always tell them, I say, listen, the, the thing I want you to say you hate the most, if you ever want to just say the word hate, and, and Teddy was doing it yesterday, little one, uh, 139, Hope, Psalm 139. And I was like, he was like, I hate the devil. And, I, and I'm like, yeah, that's right. We hate the devil. We hate what he stands for. We hate everything about him. We hate what he sends. We hate, you know, and so they, they get that like little bit out of, of their system. But that's what we are. We're supposed to have a heart that's the same as God's. What he hates, we hate. What he loves, we love. And so when you get that realization of I am supposed to hate, what God hates. I am supposed to hate sin. I am supposed to hate uh, what the devil does to people and what he's going after and what he stands for. It puts an annoyance inside of you and you shift your annoyance. And we need to stop taking all of our natural annoyance and start shifting it to the supernatural. Stop messing with my kids. Stop messing with my family. Stop messing with my relationships. Stop messing at my job. I'm annoyed. I am greatly annoyed. And so I'm going to start with Mark 11. And um, let's see. I'm going to start with Mark 11 and verse 12. And it says this is where Jesus curses the fig tree. It says the next morning as they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry. Okay, so here he is. He just wants some food. He, he's hungry. He's ready to eat. That's right, Janine. I hate the devil. And say it every day. I hate the devil. Um, he noticed a fig tree in full leaf a little way off. So he wants to go get a meal. So here's Jesus. He's ready to go get a meal, and he is expecting when he comes to this tree to have figs on it because he's like, well, I'm hungry. That tree's supposed to have fruit on it, and I'm going to go take a bite of it. He went over to see if he could find any figs, but there were only leaves because it was too early in the season for fruit. And so you would think, you know, his heavenly father created this tree. It's too early in the season and it should have fruit on it. But Jesus was annoyed about it. He was hungry and he was annoyed about it. And so you have a tree and, and so the tree's not dead, right? I wrote that down. So the tree, the, you have to look at it. The tree was alive. It wasn't that he was mad. It was like, this tree should be alive. This tree, um, this tree should be alive, but it's dead. No, it was actually full of life, but it didn't have production on it. It didn't have what, when Jesus went to get sustenance from it, it didn't have it. It said, I wrote down the fig tree may have been alive when I was reading this this, you know, this morning I was taking some extra notes. The fig tree may have been alive, which you see it 
it had leaves on it and it was standing there and Jesus saw it. He actually thought it had figs on it. Um, uh, because it had leaves on it, but it was more than just created to be alive. It was created to produce and to have substance. Do you have substance? Are you a Christian that just has breath inside of you? Or do you have substance? What is your substance? When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, what is your substance? You know that you can lay hands on the sick and there's a residue that you don't even see. There's substance in these hands. There's substance inside of your spirit. And so we have to make sure that substance is coming out of us. And so just like in our own personal lives, we are here to have more than just breath. There is a work that we are to do. We're supposed to live in production. We're supposed to live with substance in our lives. What do you have that I want? Do you have the power inside of you to command demons to run out? Do you have the power inside of you to lay hands on the sick and see them recover? Do you have power? Do you have faith to call in provision into your life? Do you have, do you, I mean, you know, do you live a life of faith? Do you have the substance of God flowing through your life? body. And so, you know, Jesus was annoyed at a life without substance. Jesus was annoyed at this tree. It was alive, but it had no substance. He was annoyed. And so he took an action step. And that's where we get into our life where we come into a place where Enough is enough. You know that saying, you know, I heard that growing up. When people are sick and tired of being sick and tired, they'll do something about it. And I'm just letting you know, yeah, that is true. There are lots of people that have to hit, hit rock bottom. There are people that have to be, you know. But we can get to the point where we're so annoyed before being sick and tired of being sick and tired that we can do something about it at an early age of the, of the process. For instance, uh, a cold. It offends my faith. It greatly annoys me. It greatly annoys me. Why? Because I shouldn't feel bad at all. I should be walking around healed. I should be walking around whole. And so, you know, we get to that point in life where it's like, you know, we're just going to wait to pray. We're just going to wait to believe God for healing when it's something big, right? Like when it becomes cancer or it becomes glaucoma or it becomes arthritis or it becomes COPD. You know, we're going to wait until it's something big to start praying and casting out and believing God for. But no, we need to start at little annoyances. It says that the little foxes spoil the vine. Why are we going to let things grow? Why are we going to let things manifest? And so we don't need to wait and keep taking it and keep taking the bad reports and keep taking, oh, well, it's life. It's life. You know, it is cold season. It's life. You know, uh, I, I, could, I could catch the flu because it is flu season. You know, it, it, it's, it's a certain season it, and, it, and it only comes in this season. You know, you can't get the flu outside of the flu season. You know, now we've got COVID, you know, and, 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 and you know, it's, ju it's just a way of life. It's just this. It, why? Why do we have to accept it? Why do I have to take it? Why do I have to live with it? Can we just be greatly annoyed at the beginning? Can I just say, you know what? I'm not going this year. My kids aren't going this year with a cold. Yeah, a cold. It's that simple. 
I'm not dealing with it. I'm not dealing with the stuffy nose. I'm not dealing with the coughs. I'm not dealing with the fever. I'm going to live completely healed. Don't get down on yourself if you're experiencing a cold, but don't put up with it. Don't let it linger. That's what I'm trying to get to the point at. Walk greatly annoyed. As soon as you feel like you're below the standard of what God has called you to do, which is to walk in wholeness, which is to walk in power, which is to walk in authority. As soon as those things get challenged, have a boldness that rises up inside of you and say, no, I'm not putting up with it. I don't care how small and I don't care how big. I'm greatly annoyed. You've got to get greatly annoyed at the small things, not just the big things. And so Jesus was annoyed at this tree. It had life, but it had no substance. Okay? You guys are walking and breathing. You have life. Maddie, don't move it over that way. You have life, but you have to have substance. You're more than, you're not just robots walking around breathing. There is a substance inside of you that other people need. There is a substance inside of you that's here to change the world. There is a substance inside of you that has power. So we have to operate with that substance. But look, there was a reaction that Jesus had. He was annoyed, the tree was living, and it had no substance, he said, you're done. You're done. He cursed, the, he cursed the fig tree and it shriveled up and died. Okay, listen. I don't want to be that person where God has asked me to do something, where God has said, this is your purpose. This is the substance you have inside of you. Be fruitful, be mul multiply, be in production at all seasons, like it says in Psalm 1. And I don't want to be the one where God skips over. If he calls you to do something. He's told you this is your purpose in life. He's told you this is what you are to do. Don't, <laughs> don't have Jesus annoyed at you where he says, I'm moving on to someone else. I'm going to use somebody else. This person over here is hungry. This person over here is willing. This person over here shows obedience. Don't be that person. That's right, Bethany. We don't have to take things lying down. Nope. We are standing up. We're in fight mode. We're, we're standing. We got our armor on. And that's what it is. We have a substance that God is asking us as a child of God to operate in, to use. I don't want him to pass me over. You don't want him to pass you by and use somebody else. Right? You're going to be like Isaiah in Isaiah 6. Who can I send? Here I am, Lord. Here I am. Pick me. Choose me. I am a fighter. I am full of your power. I am the one. And that's what you have to wake up saying each and every day. Isaiah 6. Choose me, Lord. Choose me. And so he took the fig tree and he said, may no one ever eat your fruit again. And he moved on. He, he's moving on to another tree. 
He's moving on to something else. He was annoyed and there was a result. What was the result when Jesus was annoyed? What was the result? Okay. The result was, he said, you're never going to be used again. I'm moving on. You may have had life. You had green leaves. You were standing up, but there was no production. The substance that was inside of you was not coming out. And so he was greatly annoyed and he moved on. All right. So when I continued to read in Mark 11, we go down to one of the stories I like because it portrays Jesus as somebody I'm excited to serve, a strong Jesus, somebody who's not going to put up with religious crap, somebody who's not going to put up with uh, deceitfulness, someone who's not going to put up with lies. And so I love this story in Mark because now we're moving down from he's walking by, he was hungry, he sees a tree, he's not happy with it, he's annoyed, he does something about it, okay? He doesn't just, Jesus doesn't just talk about it. He just doesn't like look at it and then um, walk by and he's just with his disciple and he's like, could you believe that tree? Could you believe it? Like it should have had fruit on it. It should have, I'm hungry. You know, but you know what? I guess I really don't have to eat. I guess I don't really need that in my life. I guess it, I guess it just wasn't go- my God, my heavenly father, God's will. I guess I just don't, you know, and talked himself out of it. He said, nope, nope. That tree was created by my heavenly father. And there's something on that tree that I want. And I didn't get it. And I was supposed to have it. And he was annoyed about it. And that's what you have to do. You have to say, nope. Jesus said, I can walk in provision. Jesus gave me a giving system of seed time and harvest. So I don't ever have to be poor. So I don't ever have to live off the government. And you say, no, I'm going to be better than what this world's trying to keep me trapped down. I'm not going to be trapped up by the lies. I'm not going to be trapped up by uh, what they say is supposed to be my status because of my color of my skin or because of where I was born on what tracks I was born on or because of what family I had and what things I didn't have or had as a kid. Nope. Nope. In the body of Christ, there is equal opportunity, folks. And it's something we have to go after and we have to get and we have to get greatly annoyed about it. Because if Jesus says there's something I can have and this is how I look at it. If Jesus says there's something I can have, the word of God says you are to live in peace. You are to live in joy. You can live in love. You can live in provision. You can live in protection. You can live in healing. You don't have to have addiction. You have a deliverer. Well, I want it. I want it and I will be greatly annoyed if an enemy tries to stop. And so Jesus was greatly annoyed at that tree and he had every right to be because what he went there expecting, it, he didn't get. So there was a result. There was a result and the result was he did something about it. There was an action step. He didn't walk around with his disciples yapping his mouth and all talk and no action. He did something about it. All right, so we're going to move down to Mark 11, uh, down to, so that was curses the fig tree. Then we move on to Mark 11:15. This is where Jesus clears the temple. 
He's clearing the temple. This is where religious people have set up shop. They don't care about the house of God. They don't care about what it's for. They're after their own satisfaction. They're after their own ideas. They're after what they want. They have a... Um, uh, another thought in mind that we've we've got if you if you read and you read like uh, the commentary on the verses, it's saying, you know, there was people coming uh, from all out of the area and there was trading going on and you have, you know, out of towners um, coming in and they're coming in for these goods and they're coming in. And so the people, the religious leaders that were setting up shop in um the temple, they were like, ooh, well, these people don't know anything about, you know, what's normal and this and that. We're going to be deceitful. We're going to charge more than we should. We're going to say it has to be this way because, you know, if you're not familiar with something, what you're told, you're going to believe. And so these people are coming in and Jesus looked around and he was like, mind blown. He's like, what? What is happening right now? in the house of God, what's happening? You know, this is a place of worship. This is a place of um, uh, where God's supposed to be worshiped and it's getting interfered right now. There's an interference of worship to, to God. There's an interference of the reverence that should be happening in this temple. This is a, a place to teach about, about God. This is a place to worship about God and it's being interfered with. It's being interfered with the enemy. It's being interfered with lies. It's being interfered with deception. And that's all things that we experience now. I mean, what what's going on in the world right now, right? It's, it's full of lies. It's full of deception. It's full of doubt. It's full of fear, you know, and that's anytime there's a deceitful spirit, all of that is present. You know, it might not be uh, that big spirit of fear where, you know, you're going to have a panic attack, but it could be, you know, when they were shopping in the, in the temple, I, I've got to get, I've got to get whatever they're selling and I've got to get it at this price or I may never get it again. Well, that's a spirit of fear. That's the what if I, you don't know that you're never going to get it again, you know, in, in there, you don't, you didn't, the people didn't know that, but they're willing to spend big bucks on the goods and things that they were selling because of the lies and the deceit. It's all wrapped in one big package. We don't need to separate everything. It's all under this deceitfulness that the enemy has. And so when Jesus looked around, he didn't, and here we go again, he didn't just pass through and say, well, you know, these people, they really should know better. They really should know better. You know, they came out of town and, and they just, you know, they, they're, they're, they're getting hustled. They're getting hustled, but you know what? They should be wiser than that. They should wise up. You know, and he didn't say, well, it's just this one time. You know, it's just this one time, you know, they're using this building. They're using this building for other purposes and, you know, they're renting this building out. And, um, you know, so it's not really like one of the holy days. So we can just let it slide. No, he didn't talk uh, himself out of anything. He didn't talk himself out of what should have been done. And a lot of times we do that. We talk ourselves out of what God has for us. We talk ourselves out. It's like we reason back and forth. Well, you know. 
I do have this kind of pass, so, you know, then I, I really shouldn't live higher than this because, you know, this is kind of where I'm at. It keeps me humble, keeps me, you know, uh, really just understanding God at this level, Lord, you know, if you whisper at a voice like this, then it just, it's more spiritual and it's just more, you know, humbling. It's humbling when you talk like this, when you whisper, because there's a sweet presence. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Stop talking yourself out of what God has for you. Stop talking yourself out of what is supposed to be yours, how things are supposed to be. No. Absolutely not. You got to put your foot down. And that's exactly what Jesus said. He said, I am ticked off. I have a righteous anger. I am greatly annoyed at what you are doing, at what you're doing in my house for, for God, at your interfering with worship. This is not a time for this garbage. And that's what you have to say to the enemy. I don't have time for your crap. I don't have time for this. I am greatly annoyed. So what did Jesus do? He didn't talk about it. He didn't get a whisper. He didn't get a small still voice. He didn't just suggest, you know, um, guys, if you would so kindly take your tables outside of the temple, uh, excuse me, guys, this isn't um, really how we're supposed to be handling this in, the, in, in God's house. Okay, uh, can you please, can you please, it like cracks me up to even talk like this because I'm picturing Jesus like saying, can, can you please just, um, can, I'll help you. How about this? Like you pick up one side of the table, I'll pick up the other side of the table and we'll just scoot out of the temple and you can, <laughs> Maddie's laughing at me in the back. You can like, I'll help you. Like in a restaurant when you help waiters bring tables together. I'll, I'll just scoot, we'll scoot out of the temple and you guys could just do it right outside. Like, and there's an overhang. You see that overhang, that awning out there? You know, I'll, I'll, just, I'll just put you right outside under the awning. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Read the scripture. He was ticked. He was annoyed. He didn't help nobody. He helped him out quickly. He built a whip. He built a custom-made beating utensil. He was annoyed. He built a whip. He sat out there, and I know he took time on that thing, and he braided, and he's getting mad. He's like, this is not how it's supposed to be. You're going to come in here with your lies. You're going to come in here with your deceitful little spirit. You're going to come in here with your religious face. <laughs> You're going to come in here like that. And he sat outside and he braided a custom made whip. Y'all ever had the belt? I'm telling you, I was raised on the belt. More kids should get a spanking. That's a side note. But I was raised on the belt. I will tell you, uh, my mom's from Kentucky, and there were a few times I got the switch. It's a southern thing. If you don't know, <laughs> and if you do know, you know. And so there was a custom-made beating for the ones that greatly annoyed him. And what did he do? He took the tables, and there was no, like, come on guys, let's just like gather this up and we'll nicely place it over here. He took the tables and he flipped those bad boys and he took the whip and he beat them out. Get out of this house. You're not welcome. Get out of here for your lives. And that's what we have to do to the enemy that's coming to your front door and knocking. Can I please come in and get a drink of water? 
I need a break. Can I sit on your couch and put my muddy boots up on your table? Can I visit your kids? Can I talk to them? Can I speak into your kids' lives? You better open that door with a custom-made braided whip. You better open that door and, and back. You're not welcome on this property. You see this title deed? You see this title deed? This is my property. You're trespassing. You better get off. There's a boundary line, and I own it, and I'm in charge. And enemy, you better flee from my presence. And that's what we have to do. Yes, Bonnie, I used to travel with a wooden spoon for my kids. And so that is what you have to do. You got a substance in the inside of you, and you're going to let it out. And you're going to tell the enemy, not welcome here. You can't be in my presence. You can't be on my children. You have no say. God's given me all the authority. And I'm going to custom beat your behind out of here. And that's what you have to do. That's how you have to act. That is how you have to act. Jesus was not soft. Jesus was not a sissy. Jesus was not somebody that was compliant to the enemy. Jesus didn't give in to the enemy. No, he did stuff about it. He fought off temptation. He fought the, in, the, the religious people out with a custom-made whip. He flipped tables. He got a righteous anger, that annoyance inside of him. That annoyance inside of him did something about it. So there was a result. There was a result, just like there was a result. He took action with the fig tree. There was a result when he was greatly annoyed. What was the result? He took action. He beat out until it was back and it was teaching. And so it said, uh, he says, my temple will be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you've turned it to a den of thieves. When the leading priests and teachers of religious law heard what Jesus had done, they began planning now to kill him. The enemy is going to be ticked at you. John 10, 10, the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But I, Jesus has come to give you life and more abundantly. So yeah, the enemy is going to try to kill, steal, and destroy things from you. And you are going to tick him off. And you know what he's going to do? He's going to try to think of something else. But nothing's new because I told you the other day he's not a creator. He doesn't have a good mind. It's the same old stuff. It's the same old tricks. Different hat. So, 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 so you got to wake up. You can't be deceived by it. He doesn't have anything new up his sleeve. He'll just come at you with a different shirt on and a different hat. Okay, so you got to understand the look of it. Get the look of what you don't want. It's just like when you see somebody, you know what they'll always look like. Okay, so I know what Ted looks like. But every day he changes his clothes. Okay, same person, same face, just a different outfit. So that's like the enemy. He can't create new stuff. He's, he's going to try the same old stuff on you. I've known plenty of people, as an example, who have been healed. And then later, later on, something else comes back. It's, but it's nothing new. It's like we should know by now the tricks. It's the same devil, the same face, the same thing. It has a different outfit on. So don't be fooled. Be ready for it. Be ready for it. And so it, it, it ticked people off. And what you do should tick, tick the enemy off. Because if, if, if the substance that you have inside of you 
isn't ticking devils off, then what's the substance inside of you? Jesus ticked the demons off all the time. Jesus made demons run out of people when he didn't even say anything because of his authority. So what's inside of you, the substance that's inside of you should be ticking devils off. But that's okay because you don't need to be scared. The substance that's inside of you is going to handle the ticked off devils anyway. It's going to handle the ticked off enemies anyway. So you're fine. You're fit. You're ready. You're trained. You're ready for battle. You're ready for a fight. And that's how it is. The violent. The violent take it by force. And that is what we are. We are training our spirits. We're ready for battle. And so it ticked people off. And this is when they started playing on, on how to kill Jesus, which was a good thing for us. So, you know, what they thought was going to end up being bad, uh, they didn't have any idea. And so you see the reaction two places here of Jesus's reaction of his reaction when he was greatly annoyed. And so I'm going to end today with going over to Acts. I want you to go over to Acts and we're going to go to Acts 16 because I'm going to finish here with two men of God, Paul and Silas. Paul and Silas. All right. So Paul and Silas, this is right before they're they actually get imprisoned, and you know the story. <clears throat> they praised, broke the chains, jail opens, you know, and your praise, you know, we know uh, from messages, your praise breaks bondage, your praise sends, you know, opens the captive's doors, you know, so that is praise, which we're not talking about today, but this is right before where Paul and Silas go in to jail because they actually did this and it caused an uproar. So in uh, Acts 16, I'll start with verse 16 and read to 18. One day as we were going down to the place of prayer, we met a slave girl who had a spirit that enabled her to tell the future. She earned a lot of money for her masters by telling fortunes. She followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, These men's are, men are servants of the Most High God, and they have come to tell you how to be saved. And I know she did it in a mocking voice because she wasn't of the same spirit as Paul and Silas. You know, people wonder, like, about fortune tellers. And, you know, they do say, they, they do say some true things. They have a familiar spirit. And so... The devil can operate in the spirit realm just like the Holy Spirit can tell us things. And so that's why uh, it's important who you listen to, what you soak up, what you're allowing into your ear gate, what you're allowing into your spirit man, because it's going to be evil spirits or it's going to be the Holy Spirit. There's going to be two. It's one or the other is going to live inside of you. One or the other. There's no like without, like a void. It's going to be one or the other. And so I believe mockingly, because she was of the evil spirit, was these men are servants of the Most High God, and they've come to tell you how to be saved. And so this mocking spirit, I believe, that went on and on in front of Paul and Silas, it shows in verse 18 what happened when they got annoyed. And so when they got annoyed, 
Look what had to flee. This went on day after day until Paul got so exasperated. He was annoyed at the situation, so exasperated that he turned and said to the demon without her and um, within her, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And look what happened. And instantly, instantly it left her. They were so annoyed. They were so annoyed with this mocking spirit, so annoyed with, the, with, with what this evil spirit was doing, so annoyed that it had taken over this girl and using her for the works of the devil rather than being able to be saved for God. And so I believe they cleared that evil spirit out of her and then they had a chance to witness to her because she was, she was empty. She was ready to be filled. But we have to get to the point it's at 18. This went on day after day after day. You have things going on in your life right now where you're annoyed at something. It feels like it's day after day after day. You can't seem to break free. You can't seem to uh, get rid of it day after day after day. Listen, now is the time to turn on the righteous anger knob. Enough is enough. It's time to clear out the chaos. It's time to clear out the destruction that's going on around you. It's time to clear out the storms. It's time to clear out wh whatever report that you've got that's not from the Lord. I'm not taking no lemons from anyone in this world. You want to toss me lemons and tell me to take it? I'll cut those bad boys out and squeeze them in the enemy's eye. I'm not taking what's handed to me. And, and let's, with this teaching that I'm giving you, let's not get to point. Let's not get to the point that it goes on day after day after day. Let's get to the point where it comes greatly annoyed right then and there. Just like I said with the cold. Done. Nope, 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 nope. It's not going on any further. Nope, I'm not getting into this. Nope, it's not going from a stuffy nose to a fever. Nope, I'm done. I'm greatly annoyed. Bam, this is what God says about my healing. This is what he says about my health. Nope, I'm not moving forward. I'm not taking this. I got this bill in the mail. I got this report in the mail. This is going to be a crisis on my family. Nope. Here, Lord, this is your mail. I present this to you. I need you to do something about it. You said, cast all your, all your cares unto me and I will care for you. This is a care that I have, Lord. This is a care that I'm going through and I'm casting this on you. I want a spirit of heaviness off. I want the garment of praise and I'm going to praise you. I'm giving you my mail. I need you to do something about it. And that's what we have to do. We have to say, no, we have to say done. I command this to go in the mighty name of Jesus, just like Paul and Silas. They did something about it. They were greatly annoyed. They were greatly annoyed. Hey, Nana, Jerry, I love you so, 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 so much. You, you bring me so much joy. I love all your hugs at church. Never stop, never stop doing them. <laughs> um, and then I want to I want to go down and end with this because it goes to show you. OK, so Jesus ticked the enemies off, the religious people off. And then there was a plot to kill him after he, you know, was annoyed and did something about it. 
And same with Paul and Silas. You're going to stir up the enemy. You're going to stir him up because he's going to be like, hold on a second. There's authority in this person. There's a substance in this person. And I'm not being able to break the barrier. If the girl, if you drop down to 22, it says up. And this is, this is why they ended up going into jail. Because a mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas. Um, no, I'm going to go back up to 20 and then go down. The whole, verse 20, the whole city, the whole city, because when the evil spirit left that girl, when the Holy, well, I mean the Holy Spirit, I'm sorry. When the evil spirit left that girl, when Paul and Silas said enough is enough, I command you to go out in the name of Jesus. He's given us permission to use his name. It's a ticket to destroy all the works of the enemy. So use his name, command you to go in the name of Jesus. The lady's master of wealth were now shattered. He was so ticked. He said, what? This is how I made money. This is how. And he dragged them. He dragged them before the authorities of the marketplace. And he said, the whole city is in an uproar. And I want you to get that word because of these Jews. The whole city is in an uproar because of these Jews. And that's pretty much where I'm going to end today, because what the substance you have inside of you, you're going to be greatly annoyed about and it's going to cause an uproar. And that's what we want in these last days. We are causing an uproar. We are the ones if you go to Acts 17, where they're talking about Paul and Silas and they're saying the, the world is turning upside down because of these two. And so that's what we want to do. We want to see a shaking in this nation. We want to see a turnaround in this nation. And it starts with you. Changed people can only change the world. We're not going to look like everybody else. We're not going to dress like everybody else. We're not going to even talk like everybody else. We're not going to uh, uh, address things like everybody else. We are a holy people. We are filled with the power of God. We have a substance in the inside of us. And we are going to be the ones that cause an uproar. You're going to be the one that causes an uproar in your job. And you know what? The, people didn't like it. You're not here to please everybody. You don't need to be a people pleaser. If you're a people pleaser, you're not pleasing Jesus. If you are pleasing people rather than your heavenly father, you are doing it all wrong. And so you're going to have to step out. You're going to have to be bold in these last days. You're going to have to use the substance that's inside of you for production that God's called you to do. You're going to have to cause an uproar and people aren't going to like it. And it's oh well. As long as I'm pleasing my heavenly father, as long as when he asks me to do something like that fig tree and he has me in production and I'm doing it and I'm producing and I'm showing him I'm willing and obedient. I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. Use me, Lord. He will use you and there will be a great blessing on your life and there will be favor on your life. And so I challenge you today. Get greatly annoyed. Get greatly annoyed. If it displeases the Lord, it needs to displease you. If it angers the Lord, it needs to anger you. Just like I read in, in Psalm 139, and David says, I'll read it again. Oh Lord, shouldn't I hate those who hate you? Shouldn't I despise those who oppose you? Yes, yes, David says, I hate with total, I hate them with total hatred for your enemies are my enemies. 
for your enemies are my enemies. So what is an enemy to the Lord? He redeemed you from a lot of things on the cross. He came down, leave those things on the cross. So when the enemy comes at you, you already know your rights. You already know, you're, you're the little, the little bit, the, as soon as something seems off, as soon as I feel like, okay, there's a few things going on that seems to be a little bit, you know, there's a little fox, now there's a little fox, and there's a little fox, you know, when you get the first little fox, get greatly annoyed at what's going on. Let the enemy know who has the power. Let the enemy know where he belongs. Let the enemy know, listen, you're defeated. What are you doing? Like, you, you have no power. I'm going to sit here, I'm going to laugh in your face, and I'm going to be greatly annoyed, and I'm going to react. I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to do something about it. Thank you, Jesus, for every person watching today. Thank you for a boldness that's rising up inside of us. Thank you, Lord, that you've called us. You've called us as your own. We are going to hate what you hate. We're going to love what you love. You've placed a heart inside of us where we're going to have it after your heart, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for giving us the strength, for letting us know the rights we have, for giving us the word of God so we don't ever have to wander what you have. Lord, that you put a distaste in our mouth, a distaste in our mouth for uh, things that are not right, that are not pleasing for you, that are not from you, Lord, that we will send them out the back door. We're making a custom whip today. We're making a custom whip and we're beating out the things that are sent to destroy our life and sent little things that are sent to bother us, little things, little uh, voices of doubt and, and unbelief and things are going to steal our strength and steal our faith. We're whipping them out of the back door right now. We're flipping the tables on the enemy and we're letting him know who's boss. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for giving us the power, for giving us your Holy Spirit that we can stand strong, that we don't have to take the devil's mess. And thank you, Jesus, that we are men and women full of faith, full of faith and a heart for you. Thank you. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen and amen and amen and amen. I can't say it enough. Um, you guys agree with me? Write amen in the comment section. And uh, somebody asked what that, it was Psalm 139, and it was starting with uh, verse 19 uh, that David was saying that we have a total hatred for the enemy. We have a total hatred. I love you guys so much. This has been great mornings with you. Um, I've really enjoyed uh, getting to do the broadcast, the morning broadcast with you. So I appreciate, I appreciate you taking your morning. I don't look at it as lighthearted. Everyone's time is so precious. So you're watching this live. Thank you. You're taking the time to watch the replay. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, next week, we are going to have Ted back in the studio. Um, this weekend, he actually goes to, um, 
Massachusetts. So if you are anywhere in Massachusetts or near there, uh, make sure you get to it. It's one Sunday only. It's their Super Sunday at Crossroads Community Church. All the details are on our website, miracleword.com forward slash schedule, and you will be able to see where he's at. It's a morning service and a night service, but I encourage you, uh, wherever we're at this year, get to the meeting. Get your fire stayed lit up, which I talked about on Tuesday. I have the fire. Now what? I encourage you to go back and watch it because there are action steps. Everything, everything that we are to do as a Christian, we're not supposed to just get saved and then that's it. La-di-da and we just ride around in a convertible of life. No, there are action steps. Faith is an action step. We have to work our faith. We have to believe. We, I mean, everything we do when we sow and get, that's an action. We're, we're taking hard-earned money that, you know, represents our life, and we're sowing it to the kingdom. So everything we're doing is an action uh, as a believer. We have to uh, take those steps. Um, so at this time, I'm going to ask you to prayerfully consider taking an action step. Take an action step to sow into Miracle Word Ministries. Take an action step as you're helping us push the gospel forward. We're on television. We just got a call last week. We're getting ready to go on more television that Ted's been asked to. And it, it, the TV is, is being explosive. And so we're reaching people all around the world and we appreciate your help and and extra things that we're doing you know the lord's called us that we haven't released everyone yet but everything is going up we are on an increase we are on a ramp to go up we're going faith to faith and we're and we're just leveling up and you are too when you uh, connect your finances to this ministry. You know, we're praying for you. We believe in you. And um, you will be prosperous. You will uh, increase in life. So we say thank you so much. Thank you so much for partnering with us, for being part of the Victory Tribe. We love you. We get so excited when you guys show up at the meetings and we're like obnoxious, like we're your fans. That's, you can look at it. We're like, can we take a picture with you, your Victory Tribe? Please take a picture. And so, you know, we're your fans. And so we appreciate you taking the time to come and, and fill yourself up with the Word of God. But we love you so much. So thank you so much for being with me this morning. And um, I will be back tomorrow for two o'clock for Carolyn Shuttlesworth. Make sure you're a part of it. I got a giveaway. I want to bless you. I just love to bless the ladies. I love to bless you guys. So make sure you join me tomorrow, Friday at, at two o'clock. And then you guys have a wonderful rest of your day. I'll talk to you later. Bye.